0: Breaking news, folks Jeffrey Tubin out at the New Yorker. Also, he was fired. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ruthless. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died. Judge Amy Coney Barrett. If Joe Biden wins, Democrats can sack the courts.
1: You're a dog-faced pony soldier. Maybe that's a question you should ask China. Anyway, my time's up. I'm not thinking, the President. That's okay. I
0: know you're not thinking. You never do. It's a whole hoax. And you know who's playing into the hoax? People like you and the fake news media.
1: We are born free and we will stay free. Oh, smog! we got a big day today. It's so exciting. I mean, let's start with the Tubin stuff, but we got Biden announcements of staff for what he thinks is going to be, chiefs of staff and medical advisors and health advisors. We have Dems in disarray. We got everything today.
0: Action-packed episode. Uh, (laughs) We already started with Tubin. Take it away, Josh. What do you
1: got? Well, okay. So here's the deal. Tubin, (laughs) who uh, loyal listeners of the show will know we've covered in some detail. Uh, got himself into a little bit of a mess a couple of weeks ago on a company Zoom call. And uh, he announced yesterday on Twitter that he'd been fired by the New Yorker after an investigation. I have uh, a couple of questions (laughs) about that. Um, The the first question is, I just admire Jeffrey Toobin's confidence, Smug. I feel like here is a guy who – just a couple of weeks ago was caught pulling it out on a company zoom and this dude didn't even get off social media he's announcing like career updates as though he's just sort of moved on to, an, to another challenge unbelievable hey, i mean if you want to if you want to entertain yourself go to his twitter page <laughs> on jeffrey tube and look at the replies on his- <laughs>
0: I love this is why I love that website. It just you have to be crazy on it and you have to be crazy to stay on it. And and Tubin is proving exactly that it's wonderful. Oh, it's,
1: it's just constant entertainment. But the second point, and I think this is worth covering, the second point is he was, said he was fired after an investigation.
0: Huh?
1: <laughs> what do we, how's that like? Do we need Elliot Ness on that sucker?
0: Bring in Colombo. I need you to review this video. First what is question. that coming out of that gentleman's pants? <laughs> <laughs> Can you verify the nature of what's going on here? <laughs> so Jane, uh, why don't you tell us what happened? Yeah. Jane's like, I'd rather not <laughs> <laughs> investigation. Great. Good stuff. Good stuff.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, so well, you know got, what,
0: uh, actually, go ahead. speaking of coming and going, uh, it seems like they're bringing back the old Obama crew, uh, with president elect, possibly Joe Biden's incoming staff. Have you, uh, have you I, seen who he's lining up?
1: I, I did. And I see what you did there. <laughs> um, I, he is bringing these people in and, and there's just a number of people of names that'll ring a bell where, you know, you haven't heard them in years. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh yeah. Oh that yeah. Guy. That guy. And it's just one depressing name after another. And you remember why it is that you remember who they were, uh, and one of them that popped up for me was this guy, Zeke Emanuel, who I think he's Rom's brother. Rom so has like a thousand brothers. brothers. Yeah. So yeah. many of them. I and mean, one of them is like the Hollywood agent guy. This guy's the, the doctor. Anyway, he's Biden's coronavirus advisor. And those of you who remember the name remember that he was also a key architect of the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare. So, so that disaster is on his way back in. But why he was in the news this week was really unbelievable. He suggested that we distribute the vaccine for coronavirus internationally before we make it available to all Americans.
0: <laughs> Amazing.
1: I mean, what? I, I, this crew just confounds I don't even know how people think this way. But he, he, this is what he said. He encouraged officials. As I'm quoting Fox News article here, he encouraged officials to follow the quote fair priority model unquote, which calls for quote fair international distribution of vaccine rather than what uh, his co-authors characterized as vaccine nationalism.
0: You know, you have to question these people being called medical experts. Um, you've got you've got this other medical expert on Biden's. Uh, coronavirus Task Force, uh, Dr. Michael Osterholm, uh, said a nationwide lockdown would help bring the virus under control in the U.S.
1: Like, I mean, uh, there's, there's, <laughs> just no, there's no science for that.
0: And, and, and they said uh, U.S. lockdown of four to six weeks could control the pandemic and revive the economy. Like, oh, that makes sense. You know, put everyone out of work, should help the economy. Like,
1: well there's no science for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you know. Speaking of science, Josh, what's the difference between a hormone and an enzyme?
1: <laughs> I'm afraid to ask.
0: You can't hear an enzyme. <laughs> sure, okay, okay. Let's let's get let's get back to let's get back to work on this. So it's you know it's the same Obama on. set, dude. You've got you've got Ron Klain, you've got Susan Rice, Rom, Brennan. It's the same. It's the usual suspects, is what, I, what I'll call them. The usual suspects.
1: And they're all really, here's the thing. I've met all these people, you know, so they have varying degrees of smarts. None of them are particularly good at their jobs, but they do have one thing going for them. They all show up reliably at Maureen Dowd's cocktail party in, in Georgetown and basically by protection in the process from the mainstream press. I mean, by anybody's measure, a guy like Brennan is a complete failure yeah. at, a, at being a government official and yet he sits in the green room on MSNBC and pontificates to every newspaper in the English-speaking world about what everybody else does wrong, and this is why. They're just totally insulated in social circles. So out of thing.
0: touch, so out of touch. Like, uh, Rob Emanuel uh, uh, got into trouble last week because he said, oh, well, you know, people who lose their jobs, you know, just tell them learn to code. Like, at the, people think that's a joke. This is the way these people really think. It's the way just they operate. The just learn to code. You know, whatever. It, it's the
1: way they operate, you know, and I, I saw like this falls into the Brennan thing. I, I saw uh, something coming out of the Biden transition team, I guess they're calling it, about how they're going to reprioritize uh, defense against cyber attacks from Russia and election security. And I was like, holy shit, like I can't, <laughs> my, my brain is going to explode. These are the people who presided over the 2016 election when russia was trying to attack us yeah they are the ones that made us susceptible what happened in 2018 what happened in 2020 when the when president trump's team was available and on the game nothing 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 oh it just drives me nuts
0: it is you know the unifying thing i think among that group is failure um and I'll, I'm going to go specifically after Ron Klain, because for those who aren't aware, I mean, I didn't know who the hell this guy was, really. Uh, he, you might know him on Twitter because he's the guy who will like constantly cry about Trump. Like, he, <laughs> He's he's that blue check guy. So I thought he was just a professional blue check crying about Trump. But no, it turns out he was uh, like the number two chief. He was the previous chief of staff for Al Gore pre- when he was vice president, previous chief of staff for Biden when he was vice president. So... This guy's never good enough to get the top job. He's always, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, But Biden, uh, theoretical, according to the press, incoming president Biden, uh, just named Ron Klain as his chief of staff. And this is the funniest decision ever. Um, You know, Biden ran on, he's going to be like the superhero when it comes to coronavirus. He's going to cure it. He's going to heal America. Well, Ron Klain, this is a direct quote, Ron Klain on Joe Biden's handling of the 2009 H1N1 swine flu pandemic. He said, quote, we did every possible thing wrong. It is purely a fortuity that it, this isn't one of the great mass casualty events in American history. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make it up. Yeah, so that's the squad. That's the squad you responsible. Can't make
1: a, like, you look at a quote like that and you're like,
0: is anybody else available? Seriously, anybody. Anyone. anybody i mean what else got. is great is you know a lot of people dug this this old tweet of his up so vox in 2014 uh july 14 2014 tweeted 68 percent of americans think elections are rigged and ron Klein responds that's because they are <laughs> and what's the messaging we have today it's impossible to rig an election
1: impossible. Does, that seem, does that seem convenient yeah. i mean We should probably touch on this while we're talking about, right? I mean, they're making all of these appointments as though everything is settled. It's not settled. Totally. It's not settled. There are many challenges, none of which, to my knowledge, have been definitively ruled on at this point. President Trump's team is in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, and Michigan. They all have legal claims outstanding. Now, look, I'm not going to lie to our audience and say that I think there's a really good chance that this goes Trump's way and he's ultimately elected and reelected president. But I'm, what I am saying is that the benefit of the doubt that everybody gave Democrats in a similar situation, you can go to 2000, you know, but you can also just go to some of these Senate races. I mean, it's incredible to me that everyone just wants to put a bow on this and kick him out when they're actually uncovering some things that may actually provide us an opportunity to reform election systems in a positive way. Like for example, when you look at Nevada, they have just slammed together basically a Dem vote rigging operation over the last four cycles since they've had control of the legislature there. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of fast and loose activity. All of us have suspected it. There's been reports forever And now they're actually getting to the bottom of it. Do I think there are enough votes there to be overturned? No, I don't. I really don't. I'll be totally honest with you. I really don't. I think Biden's probably going to carry the state of Nevada. Wouldn't it be nice in this process if we couldn't figure out a way to have these Democrats stop rigging elections in Nevada
0: for the future? I mean, that right there, that point right there is why I think them and the media are so hell bent on being like, no investigations, no nothing, end at all. Everyone it, just really makes it, except you
1: Biden. it really makes you wonder it, it. I don't know why there's no other explanation as to why you wouldn't want to get to the bottom of credible reports. Right? Yeah. I, I, I understand that there is a continuity of government argument. I understand that there are concerns about people losing trust in the democratic process. I get all that. I get all that. But as McConnell said this week, Look, we're going to swear a president in in January no matter what. No matter what. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We still have 30 more days before we got to the the, the threshold of Bush v. Gore. Yeah. Let the process play out.
0: Have a little patience. Seriously. Um, Speaking of patience or not, having patience for – is this the third or fourth Obama memoir? It feels like we get one like every year. So um.
1: I, I didn't even know.
0: <laughs> I mean I the funny
1: thing is this has just popped up like I used yesterday that he was writing another one i think he's written 15
0: memoirs <laughs> obama's ninth memoir of a series of 12 i mean um, i imagine the arrogance to write more than one memoir yeah about. here's my memoir of the past six months since i wrote my previous memoir
1: well i think his first memoir he wrote when he was like 29 or 30 years old i i may have to be fact checked on that but i'm not kidding i think it was,
0: i think it was before he was 30 years old. For my 30th birthday, I'm writing my memoir. <laughs> the Life and Times of Me. <laughs> Actually, smug, I think people would buy that. Hey, of course they'd buy that. <laughs> they'd buy that.
1: But anyway, so, so Obama pens another exhausting memoir, which I, I mean the torture that you'd have to put yourself through to read this thing. I can't even imagine bearing it. But there was one thing that CNN highlighted that got my blood boiling. What's that? And- so I just want to I want to write or I want to read a little excerpt from this. And what he's talking about is Joe Biden and what Obama sees as his directives towards Obama uh, to, or towards uh, Biden on Capitol Hill. He says, quote, one of the reasons I'd chosen Joe to act as an intermediary, in addition to his Senate experience and legislative acumen, was my awareness that in was my awareness that in McConnell's mind. Negotiations with the vice president didn't inflame the Republican base in quite the same way that any appearance of cooperation with, parentheses, black, comma, Muslim socialist, per, closed parentheses, Obama was bound to do.
0: Wow. So he finally admits it. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> That's my takeaway. Finally admits it. Muslim socialist confirmed.
1: <laughs> well, that was it. That wasn't what I was going for there, but, but, but here's, this is my point on this. Everyone knows that's not the way that went down, right? Joe Biden acted as an intermediary with McConnell because McConnell thought Obama was an idiot. John Boehner thought Obama was an idiot. The two of them had sat and what we're talking about in the time frame here is like 2013, 2014, uh, like 10, 2010 through 2014, when there was a whole bunch of really important fiscal issues going on, like the, the fiscal cliff with tax increases, the budget control act, the debt ceiling negotiation, all these things were like pretty important at the time. And Obama, every time you got on the phone with him would just give you a lecture about how smart he was. Right. <laughs> and, and Boehner had a, which we should have Boehner on the show sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Boehner, Boehner was primarily in charge of trying to negotiate with this guy and he finally had it. He couldn't do it. He, There was stories about him setting the phone on his desk and just letting Obama talk for 15 minutes and then picking the phone up and saying, uh-huh and setting it back down again. Uh, it just, it, just an incredible just, anyway, McConnell called Biden because he couldn't work with Obama. And now Obama's trying to take credit for all of this. He's trying to say one of the, reasons I dispatched him was basically because Republicans are a bunch of racists.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
1: It's just these people, I cannot believe we're going to have to deal with these people again.
0: You know, you know what was my favorite excerpt from the memoir was uh, Obama also admitting in that memoir that he lied about quitting smoking and continued (laughs) smoking cigarettes as president. I mean, honestly, I say good for Obama. That's, I think that increases his likability And, uh, you know, shout out to the good doctor, Richard Harambe, who pointed out on Twitter that Obama's favorite thing to smoke is weddings in the Middle East. (laughs) 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 Just savage. (laughs) I lost it at that, man. I lost it. Uh, What do we got next? What do we got next on the docket here?
1: Uh, So everyone has probably noticed that the Democratic Party had. Uh, what they would consider a catastrophe on election day in the house and the Senate, they were projected to have huge gains. They, they're actually having pretty huge losses. Huge. I mean, the, the house stuff is really remarkable. I'm so happy we had Parker on this program to tell us what was going to happen before it happened yep. because she looks absolutely genius right now. But the result of this is Democrats are now, all pointed at each other inside
0: the tent firing away. It's my favorite, it's my favorite subject, Dems in disarray. Yet again, (laughs) Dems in disarray.
1: Dems in disarray. And this time it looks like it's really ugly because you've got these multiple warring factions. And you know, we heard from the first faction right after the election day on the the call from hell.
0: (laughs) It was amazing. It was getting live tweeted. I, I, I can't remember which. There was a member of Congress on the call who was like, I hope this doesn't get leaked. And you've got like half the reporters in D.C. who are live tweeting this thing on the call. <laughs> it was amazing, amazing.
1: I mean, it ended up to be a, a Democratic naval gazing uh, episode where all of them expressed their concerns with the party leadership and how they ended up in a position where they were losing very what they thought were very winnable seats. And one of the representatives, Abigail Spamberger just sounded off yeah and, and basically her problem was that you know, she's arguing we, we can't talk about things like defunding the police and and stuff like that and expect not to be in big trouble that's not what we believe i mean i think the problem for abby Sp- Spamberger is she's talking to a bunch of people who do believe in yeah they're all like the
0: police <laughs> like wait who the hell is on the call <laughs> i thought this was the defund the police call yeah exactly Exactly. Oh, this isn't the socialist R.U.S. call? I thought that's
1: where we were headed here. Anyway, um, so that was the opening salvo. But then we got just an absolutely beautiful little memo here from the Justice Democrats smug.
0: I love it so much, so much. The key part I want to highlight from this memo that went out, uh, November 10th, the uh, Justice Democrats sent this Sunrise Movement, you know, a bunch of those crew. When democratic leaders make unforced errors, like showing off two sub zero freezers full of ice cream on national television. There you go. There you go, Nancy. There you go. A direct bullseye. I mean, <laughs> it, my, I love it so much. Cause like we instantly called out Pelosi when she did that very stupid move. Those, those are what they're like 25 K a pop. And she just yep. like pulls it open on this, like uh, on TV Shows off, she's got like a few hundred bucks of ice cream in there. Just like this is during this is during coronavirus when like people are like losing their jobs. She's like, Hey, everybody, look, look at this, and thought that would work out well. Republicans pounced, as you know, the media said, Republicans are pouncing on this. No one cares about this. Well, here you go. Of course, people care about this, and the Justice Dems are calling out Pelosi.
1: So Beautiful. they've decided they're taking direct aim at Pelosi, and now she's got a pretty thin majority or Mm -hmm. so she's you know she she needs every last vote she can get and she's precariously perched but there's there's a couple more things that the justice dems included and it was almost like a you know they're like well let's take direct shots at pelosi but we're not gonna let chuck schumer get away either which is totally interesting by the way because everybody's been talking about aoc potentially primarying chuck schumer in new york right and and Obstensibly, this is an election memo that's sort of targeted towards the House concerns, but they make special mention of Chuck Schumer's efforts in and in, in recruiting candidates for the Senate, which we have been talking about for years. I mean, if you've listened to Republicans for years, we've said Chuck Schumer has one mole. He finds the oldest, whitest, plain vanilla, boring, white guy And he runs them in every state in the union. And he's like, this is perfect. These guys are the perfect candidates. Well, Justice Dems are now onto them. Here's here's what they say. Cookie cutter candidates and retreads. On the Senate side, the DSCC's track record of recruiting has-beens and cookie cutter candidates who go on to lose winnable races continued.
0: (laughs) That was amazing. That was amazing. It's so true. (laughs) So true.
1: It's so true. And they have special note for and Cal Cunningham, right? <laughs> Which is so good. and Cal Cunningham, who pushed out uh, state Senator Eric, Erica Smith, a black woman who represents North Carolina. I mean, again, it's, it's funny that they're calling this out, but it is 100% true, Smug. Totally. They, they, they endorse these retread, old-school, Governors who, like, basically are inoffensive white guys over dy- young, dynamic candidates of color. And they do it all the time and they're never called out for it.
0: And, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of uh, interesting rumors from the New York political grapevine about Schumer specifically. Uh, there's a lot of folks who've had it with him. Um, and there are rumors that to save Schumer from getting primaried by AOC, uh that biden could consider appointing gillibrand to position and then uh cuomo because in new york the governor would fill that vacancy in the senate that cuomo would then pick aoc so then schumer would keep his job (laughs) that's the rumor but then but then cuomo would be the governor who appointed aoc yeah right i mean hey he's killed like how many seniors do you think he cares the the press is covering him for that the guy can make no mistake
1: (laughs) you imagine her in the senate
0: yeah I can, (laughs) I can. I mean, shoot, if, if we don't win those Georgia races, she essentially is running the Senate too. Like you get Kamala, the 51st vote. That's going to be the AOC administration. It's certainly going to be her agenda. There's no question about that. We're never going to end an episode without talking about Georgia until that election is totally let's go. go. You know what? I'm going to go right into that. Do it. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Georgia could be, and I, I'm, I know, You hear this every election, if it's a city council, if it's a dog catcher race. But folks, this really genuinely could be the most important election of your lifetime if we get incoming President Biden and we don't win both of those seats, man. If the Dems get both of those seats, Kamala Harris is the 51st vote. And you better believe, you know, weekend at at Bernie Joe Biden is gonna be a total puppet for the far left because they will come hard if they can get Joe Biden right where they need him voting in, you know, green new deal, packing the courts and then, you know, Kamala's 51st is going to just yes, yes, yes. Um, her voting record is to the left of Bernie. Yep. It is. You know, and, and Schumer tried to dispatch Joe
1: Manchin this week to say that he wouldn't support those kind of things as the 50th vote, which is a complete and utter lie. Yeah. It he, he absolutely. there is never I've been around for a while. I have never seen a Senate Democrat cast a deciding vote against their party. Ever. It's never happened. You think for a second they have 49 votes for the Green New Deal that Joe Manchin's taking a walk on that? No way.
0: Nope. Nope. It's all coming down to this race in Georgia. Like, we got to win both those. We got to stop the Dems there. You know, everybody hit up WinRed. I'll tell you, you know, you got to give to Kelly Loeffler. You got to give to Purdue. Got to make sure our troops down there in Georgia are, are locked and loaded. Like, Dems are talking about illegally moving into georgia voting and then bouncing like that's how crazy they are and how badly they want to be able to pass green new deal pack the courts you know they'll take over completely you give them a chance
1: i you know it's not even anonymous dems i think presidential candidate uh andrew yang actually announced on twitter that he and his wife were moving to georgia for the purposes of this i mean it's it's Guys, the stakes, it couldn't be any higher. And I know that you hear that time and time again about people hyping elections being so significant. Well, I mean, this, as Smug said, really is significant. I mean, if you want to have a country that you recognize on February 1, you
0: got to get active in Georgia. You really do. So I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that, folks. Donate on WinRed phone bank. If you, if you have the availability, go down there, door knock, do everything you can. And uh, that's it for, for today's episode. So remember, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. Until next time, stay ruthless.